back, everybody, to the View Level Podcast. Today is April 5th, 2019, and yes, we are in April. March Madness for March is over, but we're still in the Final Four. We're still waiting for that national champion. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA. We're going to talk about the MLB. Then we're going to end with some segments. Going to be a little shorter show. Just want to kind of get through this, get you guys something, get you ready for the NCAA tournament, Final Four, and national championship on Monday. As you notice, I think the cadence now is starting to be just once a week. It's just going to be easier for me. I've gotten a little bit busy with work, um, partially lazy, uh, but I'm here giving you a Friday episode, short episode, quick hits, get you ready for the weekend, all the sports action caught up in the past week. And like I said, we'll get to some segments. Let's get to the NCAA tournament. Four teams remaining for that national champion. We got Texas Tech. We got Virginia. We got Auburn. We got Michigan State. Now, how did those teams get there? Let's rewind to Duke. You may think, where's Duke? Duke not in. Duke lost to Michigan State. Should have lost to Virginia Tech. But Virginia Tech missed that layup at the buzzer to go into overtime. Uh, But Duke... A lot of the biggest question was, could Duke face these teams that are good defensively and not hit threes consistently? Um, And against Virginia Tech, they couldn't do it. Against UCF, they couldn't do it. So that's why those games were close. And then they go up against Michigan State, and Cassius Winston kind of took over that game, and he was going head-to-head with Zion. And Zion not really getting any help. And you you take a look at the Duke team in the the last minute of games – why is R.J. Barrett being the one taking those shots? Zion's the guy. Zion's the workhorse that you've been going for with all season. But I read a stat like in nine, the like three games in the last minute of those games, there were nine shots for Duke as a team. And R.J. Barrett had like five of them and Zion only had one, which is not something you want to do when you have Zion who can go on the damn post and just beat anybody on the post and blow by anybody he's guarded against. So that's where Duke went wrong. Coach K got outcoached by Tom Izzo. Michigan State finds himself in the Final Four again. They are going to be facing the Texas Tech Red Raiders, who beat Gonzaga um, to go to the Final Four. Previously beat Michigan. They just dominated Michigan. It was a very defensive game. Um, But that's what you're going to get with Texas Tech. Texas Tech has the number one defensive efficiency in the nation. They went up against Gonzaga, who had the number one offensive efficiency. And it was a close game. Pretty much the entire way, and I think just Texas Tech took over. Jarrett Culver, Matt Mooney. Matt Mooney was very frustrating watching that game. He would do one thing great, then do three things completely horrible, but somehow kept the team in the game. And Texas Tech is a team that's very dangerous, very good defense. Like I said, Chris Beard is a very good coach for Texas Tech, and they're a team that matching up against Michigan State, Michigan State has been known to struggle scoring the ball. Um, If they become one-dimensional with Cassius Winston, that this Texas Tech offense is good enough to just wipe through Michigan State. So it, I won't get my prediction yet. I'll wait a couple minutes to get that, but that's something to look at. Let's move over to Virginia, who won their region. They defeated Purdue. Carson Edwards had like 42 points, literally could not miss a shot, making everything from the three-pointer, like mid-range. She was hitting everything. Uh, Virginia came out on top. They were down two. Five seconds left shooting a free throw, missed a free throw. Ball gets tipped to half court. Kihei Clark finds... Diakite, who just kind of teardrops it over to tie the game, go force it into overtime. Then Virginia kind of took over in overtime. Uh, Purdue had a chance. Carson Edwards threw the ball away. Carson Edwards had one of the better performances I've ever seen in an NCAA tournament game. Reminded me of Steph Curry when 
Davidson was making their run uh, through four games. Carson Edwards actually had the most points in NCAA tournament history. So that's something to be proud of for Virginia. They're advancing to the Final Four, which is a crazy thing to think about after losing to UMBC last year, 16 seed, going all the way back, having a chance to win the national championship. I'm rooting for my Virginia, my Virginia boys, my Wahoos. So let's go, Virginia. I want some money. I also like them. That's my favorite college basketball team. So I'm rooting for them. They're going to be facing on Auburn, who, if you kind of look at Auburn's run to the Final Four, they beat Kansas. They beat the shit out of Kansas. They beat North Carolina. They beat the shit out of North Carolina. And beat Kentucky without Okiki, which is a very impressive. Bryce Brown, Jared Harper, studs. Bryce Brown was looked like an NBA player that game against Kentucky. Kentucky had no answer. P.J. Washington, they just kept feeding him the ball, and he was doing the job. But when you don't have a secondary score, that's what's going to come back to bite you. They don't get in. Uh, Auburn moves on. But what you get out of that, Kentucky fans, is a lifetime contract with Calipari. There was the rumors that he was talking to UCLA, but he's going to get a lifetime contract with him. If you kind of look at his first four years or whatever that he was in at Kentucky, national championships, final fours, you kind of look back at the last four years, haven't been ranked number one, barely ranked in the top five, haven't reached a final four. So you got to see there's other teams, programs getting to the top that are getting recruits just as easily as Kentucky, Duke, the North Carolina, Houston's going to be good, Virginia's going to be good. So I'm, I don't know. I don't know how that lifetime contract's going to be, but Kentucky, bye-bye. You're not in the Final Four. Let's focus on the Final Four. Give you my predictions. Texas Tech versus Michigan State. Like I told you earlier in this episode, Michigan State struggles to score sometimes. Cassius Winston becomes the only guy that can score. They get a little bit too one-dimensional with him. Uh, and Texas Tech can exploit that, and they have the number one defense. So I think Texas Tech, the way they're playing right now, they look like a team of destiny, and they look like a team that can win the national championship. So I think Texas Tech defeats Michigan State. On the flip side, Auburn-Virginia. Auburn is a horrible matchup for Virginia. Auburn loves to run, run, run. Virginia loves to slow down the pace, go deep in the shot clock. So that's going to be interesting to see how – those two completely different offenses and completely different styles of play kind of counteract each other. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, Virginia is the better team as a whole, defensively, offensively. Auburn can struggle on the defensive side of things, even though they look decent against Kentucky. They can give up points, and the three-pointer especially, and that's where Virginia excels. So I think at the end, it's going to be a close game. There's going to be a feeling out process where you're going to see a team score, get up big at one point, the other team come back. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn comes out of the gate, takes at least an 8-point, 10-point lead, but then Virginia kind of works its way back. That's kind of been the MO for Virginia this entire tournament. I do think Virginia wins this game to face a Virginia-Texas Tech, and then that's going to be a game that – a lot of people aren't going to like because it's going to be so defensive, not a lot of points, and that could, that game's honestly going to be a toss-up. I'm going to stick with my pick, though, with Virginia winning it all. I just think they're battle-tested. They played in the ACC. They faced Duke. They faced North Carolina. They faced Florida State, Virginia Tech. They faced all these teams. Texas Tech, Big 12 was down this year. Kansas wasn't as good. Texas Tech is a great team. I just think when the push comes to shove, I'm going to stick with my pick, and I think Virginia's going to win the NCAA tournament. And they're going to be the 2019 NCAA champions. And the Virginia Cavaliers are bringing, bringing, bringing the championship back to Virginia. Let's transition into the NBA. A couple things I want to talk about. 
The Bucks clinched the best record in the East. Home home court advantage throughout the East. That's going to be big facing against teams like Philadelphia, Toronto, um, Boston, let's say. Uh, but, I mean, Milwaukee, yes, they're going to be at home. I haven't seen Milwaukee as a playoff city with actually having aspirations of winning a title. Yes, they've been in the playoffs recently, but they haven't really... They, there wasn't really thought of, hey, we can actually do this. Now they have Giannis. They have a good squad around him. That this could be the year where they... This could be a year that they win. So I want to see how their fans show up. I still... I still like Philly maybe out of the East. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, there's no clear-cut team out of the East. I think the top three of Toronto, Milwaukee, Philly, with Boston kind of hanging out there at that fourth spot. It's going to be interesting. I can't really get a read on the East. Uh, but the Bucks clinching home court advantage throughout is going to be big. Like I said, I just want to see how their fans show up, knowing that this is actually a, a real shot for them and not just something that, hey, we're going to make it and eventually lose to Boston or eventually lose to LeBron in Cleveland. So that's something to watch out for. And then move over to the West. We all know that Steph and the Warriors. The uh, thing I want to talk about really with the Warriors is Steph, Steph's eye contacts. Eye contact gate. Hashtag eye contact gate. It's a long hashtag, but if you bear with me, you'll understand uh, Steph's not shooting as well, said he needs eye contacts. Um, Steph, why not have eye contacts the whole time? Why are you just waiting until now to kind of be like, hey, maybe I need eye contacts because I'm not shooting well. And the media is grilling him. I mean, Steph's the best shooter of all time. No, no one's doubting that. He's easily one of the best players in the NBA, if not the best player in the NBA. Um, but it's, why not, if you know you need eye contacts, why wait till you shoot bad to get eye contacts? And then use that as an excuse to why you're shooting bad. Maybe it's the media making the excuse. Maybe it's him making the excuse. But if he's constantly getting grilled about it and says, "Ah, oh, man, I sh- I I've always needed eye contact." Hey, hey, Steph, I've had I have an astigmatism too. I mean, when I went over for in baseball, I didn't I didn't say I need eye contact. I just said, you know what? Maybe I just not that good. Um, but Steph, just have eye contact in the whole time now. Don't make that a thing. I'm tired of looking on ESPN, NBA TV, saying Steph Curry. Go and active you for his eye contacts. Coming up next. Steph, just put your eye contacts in. Shoot the ball. Make the shots. Everyone knows you're you're really good. No, no, don't make it about the eye contacts. Just 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 shoot the ball. Um, and then the last thing in the NBA really is Lonzo Ball. Everyone knows that big ball brand's kind of dissolving. The guy that they're partnered with took $1.5 million away from him. Came out that Lonzo missed out maybe $15 million by not signing a traditional shoe contract. Uh, now he's switching up his agent. Uh, they're mutually parting ways. That's going to be interesting. Uh, LeVar apparently is talking to these agents saying, is there a possibility to pair all his sons on the same team? I think LeVar just needs to understand that Jello is not an NBA player. LaMelo maybe, but Jello sucks. Not a good NBA player. Lonzo will still be good. LaMelo has a long way to go. I read something that LaMelo wasn't going to go to college, probably go to Australia or China, and I think that's what Lonzo was the one who said that. But LeVar needs to get in mind that his sons aren't that good, or Jello isn't that good as he thinks. Does not deserve to be in the NBA, not even to be in the G League. Um, once he wraps that around his head, he'll understand that, oh, shit, Lonzo is kind of the peacekeeper and the moneymaker for this team, for this family. Um, until Melo gets up there. And even then, Melo, it's very interesting to see what he does. But I think Lonzo is starting to realize maybe it's 
because of playing with LeBron that you kind of control your own da- your path, your destiny. You are your own brand, especially in the NBA, where the NBA is really about stars. Unlike the NFL, where the NFL is really about teams. Um, so I think Lonzo is figuring that out. Lonzo just needs to stay healthy um, and find find a new shoe deal. Maybe get Nike. Figure it out. But yeah, Lonzo, get control of your shit. Don't let your dad do your shit all the time. Lavar, wake wake up. Jell is not good. You're not not all your sons are gonna play on the same team. No chance. Zero percent chance. So. Get over that. Uh, MLB started this past week. Let's talk a little bit about that. Bryce Harper going to Bryce Harper. Philly started off good. Goes to Washington, face the Nationals. Fans boo him. Strikes out his first two at-bats. Then hits a mammoth home run. Bat flips the hell out of the bat. And I got to say, I love it. I love it. I mean, obviously, National fans, as any fans, when your star player leaves, you're going to be mad because you think they owe it to you. And trust me. I'm I'm with you. Like you should get the chance, but the Nationals apparently to Bryce Harper didn't like the way that they were getting him his offers. So he went to the Phillies, did something for himself. You can't fault a guy for doing something smart. Yes, he left more money on the table, and now he's not going to get Mike Trout. So maybe that comes back on to Scott Boris. But he goes to, he goes to Washington, hits the dick out of the ball, and bat flips it. And I gotta say, I like I said, I love it. I think if you're gonna boo him. You got to be able to take it back too. So, I hate when pitchers say "don't backflip" or people don't backflip. If you don't want guys bat flipping, don't let them hit a home run off you. The dude hit a mammoth shot against a team and fans that's booing him the whole time. I'm okay with it. Nationals fans, you need to wake up. Be okay with it too because he's on a new team. Move on. He's playing for the Phillies now, not playing for the Nationals. Don't say salty. Focus on your team who has a very good team. Very good pitching rotation, and just figure it out, move on, get done with Bryce Harper, or he's going to keep bat-flipping right in your face, and you're going to hate it, and you're going to be salty for 12 years. Uh, let's go other stuff. Jacob DeGrom is going to DeGrom. A lot of people were thinking that he wasn't going to repeat what he did in the past couple years. Uh, I mean, he had an ERA, which is amazing that he had last year. I think like two point something. Won the Cy Young. Got to sign that big contract extension. Um, and people didn't think it was going to worth it. It wasn't going to be worth it. He wasn't going to repeat what he did. And now he's thrown 14 innings or seven innings in both games, 14 strikeouts, dealing right now, hitting home runs. He's hitting more home runs than some teams. Shouts out Angels, even though the Angels did hit a couple home runs yesterday. Um, and I think that I think the Mets are a scary team if their pitching can all stand up. Jacob DeGron and Noah Syndergaard at the top. Uh, it's going to be interesting. So I like what the Mets are doing. Um, and then you kind of look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers just hit home runs. I think they're just, if they feel like it, they're just going to hit a home run. I think you look at the box score and it's like first or second inning and there's already a home run by Kike Hernandez. There's a home run by Jock Peterson, Bellinger. Cody Bellinger is having a hell of a season so far. Um, so the Dodgers, I mean, again, without Kershaw, even though Kershaw did give out two runs in his rehab stint, um, I'm gonna be. I'm very interested to see what Kershaw does when he comes back, because he's kind of teetering on that level of getting to as good as he's gonna be, and maybe seeing a slow decline. I don't want to say he is because I want to see how this season goes, but it's gonna be interesting to see if he comes back and is the Kershaw he's always been. That team is very dangerous, and again, could represent the NL in the World Series. Now, before we finish up, let's end with some segments. Let's start off with a shower thought here first. Shower thought. 
Dogs are covered in hair all over their body except under their arms and legs or private parts. As you hear my dog barking in the background. Stella, shut up! Whereas most of the hair that humans grow are in the private parts under their arms and their legs. That's a big whoa. That's a big shower thought right there. That's when you're in the shower and that shower goes from 5 minutes to 15 minutes. Because you're thinking, oh shit, this isn't wrong. This is pretty right. I don't know how to explain it, but it's completely right. Um, shower thoughts, man. Just think about it. Think about where the, the hair on the dogs don't grow and where hair on humans do grow. Just something to think about. Um, I also want to say RIP Nipsey Hussle. Everyone knows about what happened with Nipsey Hussle. Um, I guess if you are from the West Coast in Los Angeles, you understand the meaning of Nipsey Hussle. Admittedly so, I I wasn't I haven't li- I didn't listen to Nipsey Hussle's music until 2014, where he had a song with Drake. But since then, I started listening to his older stuff. Uh, when Victory Lap came out, I was a big fan. But it's not just him. That listening to his music, it's his effect on kind of L.A. as a whole. You look at the rap game. I mean, all my favorite rappers are L.A. West Coast rappers. You look at Kendrick Lamar, Schoolboy Q, one of my favorite rappers. You got whole TDE. You got Dom Kennedy. When Dom Kennedy was a big deal back in like 2010 to 2013, that's where in those high school years, that's where my those that love for rap was coming into play. And Section 80, Habits and Contradictions, listening to Nipsey Hussle, in two, starting 2014, when all those guys started to actually come in their own, that's when you started to see the influence of Nipsey Hussle, not only on during rap songs, but just in the community, giving back in the community. So it's a tough loss. Uh, I can't admit, I can't say that I fully understand the impact of being in LA because I don't, I wasn't from LA, but I understand the impact of when you list, think about West Coast rap. That even when I was back. In high school, West Coast rap, Nipsey Hussle was always a name that always came up. So it's it's a bad thing for the the rap community, and it's a bad thing for the city of L.A. because he did so much. Uh, before we end, let's switch back to a brighter thing. We're going to call this a drip check. Uh, the New York Jets unveiled their new uniforms. I have no idea what the hell they are. They look – I don't know if they're cool. I don't know if they're bad. But I know for a fact that it's perfect New York Jets. Like – just the New York Jets to come out of nowhere and be like, we want to have new uniforms. Here they are. Here's a big unveiling party. And people being like, what in the world is this? And I think this is a thing that kind of, they, they see, this is, this is the only team that the AAF can compete with is the Jets. And the Jets now see their sole competitor of the AAF folding and having all that debacle and all that big issue. And the Jets thinking to themselves, this is our time. Let's unveil new jerseys for absolutely zero reason just because we want to have new jerseys. And now that's all the people are talking about in the NFL. I mean, they look just weird. They're like candy apple, dark stealth black is what they're calling. They're all black uniforms. I don't know. I guess I want to wait to see them on like the field or Madden. But I don't know. Just interesting. That's the drip check. My drip check. Out of five flames, this gun. I'm gonna go one flame, one out of five flames for this drip check for the New York Jets because I just don't know. I don't know what the point of it is, and I don't like the way they look. And I still think you need to get Sam Darnold some more help on the offensive line. But that's just me. Again, that was another episode of the View Level Podcast. We'll be back next week. As always, you can follow me, Justin, on Twitter at JK Gill. You can follow me on Instagram at Justin Gillerman. 
You can follow the podcast page on Twitter at LevelView, on Instagram at the View Level Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, do whatever, comment, give us a review on iTunes. Tell us what you like about most of the podcast, what you don't like about the podcast, and we'll make sure, or I'll make sure to try to do as best as I can to not pay attention to you and really focus on what I want to do. No, I'm just kidding. Feedback's always great. Criticism's always great. Let me know what you think. We'll see you guys next week. Next week. Thanks for listening.